This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Elise Lunen, co-host of the Goop podcast. I can't wait for you to hear today's guest, the very wise Preeta G. But first, I want to say a quick thank you to the Diamond Producers Association, who are bringing you today's episode. The jewelry women wear is entirely personal, and it's often the story behind the diamond earring, ring, or bracelet that makes the piece all the more important to us. For different newsletter stories, the Goop editors have interviewed women about the first natural diamond they ever bought themselves or the most special one. Sometimes these self-gifts were a long time coming, and others happened seemingly on a whim, but they all ended up marking a special moment in time to celebrate. Why are we drawn to natural diamonds in this way? I think part of it is that they come from the earth, they're rare and finite, and of course beautiful, and as someone who leans toward minimalism, I think it's also because diamonds are one of the few things that become more valuable to you the more you wear them, because they're timeless. To learn more about natural diamonds, visit realisadiamond.com. Don't hold anything too tightly. Just wish for it, want it, let it come from the intention of real truth for you, and then let it go. For me, our soul is like it's unbound, it's limitless, but we will use words to limit ourselves. When people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming, we turn to ourselves, and that's where you become empowered. Courageous participation attracts positive things. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations, because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Today is no exception. I'll let Elise fill you in on her extraordinary guest. All right, over to Elise. Preetaji is an Indian philosopher, international speaker, and spiritual teacher. Preetaji, along with her husband, Krishnaji, are the authors of The Four Sacred Secrets and are the founders of the O&O Academy, a school that revolutionizes and transforms human thought. Since childhood, Preetaji has had the gift of compassion. She's used this gift to make it her life's mission to lead others on a spiritual journey to find something she calls the beautiful state. Because, she maintains, we are too often in a state of suffering, and that state of suffering often can be controlled by our own minds. Today, Preetaji shares how we can nurture our own beautiful state. It was a really lovely conversation. And at the very end, Preetaji is going to take us through a short meditation. So if you're driving, pull over. 
the more you feel connected to the universe, the more you feel expanded in your consciousness, the more you move away from disconnection and separation. In that state of connection, you would be able to manifest what you truly want in your life. Let's get to it now with Preeti G. So Preeti G, thank you so much for being here. No, it's a beautiful being here and connecting with the audience. Yeah. It's- so can you take us through a little bit of like the making or the becoming of Preeti G? And then can you explain the beautiful state? Sure. Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I would say I was very young and I loved connecting with people. I loved feeling what others were feeling. And I believed that was the way of life for everyone mm. until I was nine or little older when I felt that is not the way others are doing it. So there was a lot of separation which they could feel. Mm. And then life continued until I found my husband, who as an individual, who as a being, has impacted me in the way I experience life, the way I feel. Because he gets back to feeling me again and again. Mm. And along with the transcendental and the mystical experiences, Krishnaji, my husband, and I bring Ono Academy to the world mm-hmm. to help individuals move away from stressful states to experience beautiful states, to help individuals move away from disconnection to experiencing connection, and to help individuals move away from division to experiencing oneness. So take us back to when you were a little girl. Would you describe yourself now as being sort of deeply empathic or did you have sort of synesthesia? Like were you, how were you relating to people in a way that wasn't, was unlike the experience of other people? I would be able to exactly feel what the others are feeling Mm. in terms of their pain or in terms of their celebration and joy. Exactly feel what they're feeling has been a a large part of my life, I would say. And it got reinforced, got even more deeper when I met my husband, Krishna Singh. Do you feel that as a burden? Like, do you walk through... No, not really. I feel it is immensely powerful to be in that state because you are in the position to help so many people. You are in the position to guide lives. Mm -hmm. And you help in that experience of feeling the other. You have the power to heal the other impact the other's experience of life. Right. So it is not a draining experience as people think it, think about it, but it's a, a very powerful experience to heal someone else. So you feel in others where they might be disconnected or sad or... And do you often, when you're working with people, do you feel like they know what they're feeling? Or are you sort no, of guiding not really. them to the truth? <laughs> not really. <laughs> people really do not know what they're feeling. They feel... They feel disconnected from themselves first. I would say more so the civilization is focused on the external life, what you achieve, how much you make, um, how much you can show off with to the people around you. That has become the focus of our life. Nothing wrong with it, but it can happen with a beautiful inner state. Right. And we are not taught to look inward. And that is where people do not know what exactly one is feeling. Yeah. It's interesting, too. I have... I'll, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said to me, but you described it as a Buddha driving a band with with your family. Yes. That that's sort of a state that you can achieve. Absolutely. Which I think it's interesting, too, the idea of the Buddha and the bands, because at least in 
Western society, I think there's this idea that if you have the trappings of a beautiful life, you must in some way be depraved, like to be attached to wealth or the accumulation of goods or fame is bad and that the two you you sort of need to separate the two they are things. not uh, contradictory at all yeah and if you experience beautiful states in consciousness if you experience a transformed inner state you become a better individual who's mm-hmm. more peaceful with yourself you become a better parent who's more connected to one's child or children you become a great partner who's able to step out of anger and hurt and fear and loneliness and have the ability to nurture a relationship and you become a great entrepreneur or a leader mm-hmm. because you are very clear within yourself you're not tied up in inner conflict mm-hmm. but you are there to be present to the entire team you care for the entire team and make decisions from that state yeah. they are not actually separate yeah. somehow we believe it is separate but they are complementary complementing each other and when you have this beautiful transformed inner state you're better at everything that you do in life. Yeah. So, yeah, because I feel like there is this prevailing belief that to truly be spiritual or connected, you need to give up all of life's attachments and move to a cave. What we, uh, Krishnaji and I say is, uh, it is not that you need to detach yourself from things to be truly spiritual, but to be truly spiritual means detach yourself from your obsessions. Right. what krishna ji my husband shares with the world is one powerful insight which i'd like definitely like to share with the audience like every one of us at any point of time are living only in one of two states that is we are either living in a stressful state or a suffering state or we are living in a beautiful state there is no third state mm. that is behind everything that we are seeing in our life the way we relate the way we achieve behind war or peace behind togetherness or separation behind everything that we see in our lives the driving force is your state your state of being your state in consciousness right and what is it that you are fueling in your consciousness or what is the state you are nurturing are you nurturing a beautiful state which is joy calm love peace connection or are you nurturing a suffering state which is anger fear irritation frustration loneliness insecurity or depression mm-hmm. what is it that you're fueling or nurturing and that is a foundation on which your life is built somehow we we bring very little attention to the foundation but your state is the foundation on which your entire life is being built yeah. so it is important that we bring attention to the state that we are living and experiencing our life from and you your thesis is that you can take the be- the beautiful state you can live in the beautiful state even in times of stress and that the, that's not mutually exclusive because i also think in the west we're wired in this even even for those of us who meditate or who who aspire to it it's it is, never really integrated right so it's like you yeah. meditate in the morning and then you like Get go back out to and life fight. <laughs> yes yeah, no like stress. you meditate in the morning you experience a deep sense of connection a state of expansion feel connected to people feel connected to life nurture that beautiful state and take that beautiful state into work right. experience work from a state of calm uh, from a state of joy from a state of courage from a state of connection life feels so much more meaningful and purposeful when we experience life like that yeah if you look at people around us they are burnt out 
because they are driving themselves from a place of anger, driving themselves from a place of anxiety, from a place of inadequacy, of feeling lack. And then you do, 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 and you get burnt out. Right. If you want to win in the long run, it is important that we become individuals who are capable to nurture this beautiful state and take it to life. Right. And get full throughout the day rather than charging and then depleting and charging. You know, there are challenges that we face in life. There are situations that we face in life that moves us into a stressful state. We feel anxious. We feel fear. But rather than allowing it to brew within you, allowing it to become monstrous within you, you bring attention to it and you step out of it. Mm. So by stepping out of it, it is not a stressful state that is guiding your life. Right. You're not driving your life from a stressful state, but you drive your life from a beautiful state of connection. Yeah. It's interesting too, what you said, because it sort of implies that you can get in those moments, you can get a little bit more objective, right? Like you can remove, you can create a separation between the emotion that you're feeling and yourself or enough to sort of dismiss no, it. No, not dismiss it, bring attention to it. Mm-hmm. So we have been dismissing it and we have been trying to mm. throw carpets on it and saying it doesn't exist, but actually bring attention to it. I mean, we do a three-minute practice where you bring attention to the inner discomfort that you're experiencing then, and then you walk out of it with a practice and then get back to life. Mm-hmm. Because in a state of anger, there is so much of haste that is built in your body. Mm-hmm. In a state of fear, if you look at your thinking, if you observe what is happening inward, you're brooding over the same thoughts again and again. And in these states, there is no intelligence. Mm-hmm. And uh, what life needs or what uh, situations need is that we respond from a state of intelligence mm-hmm. and from a state of connection. And not a place of emotion and reaction. Absolutely. Because right. when you, if you look back at your life and if you look at those decisions that you have made in life, which you probably regret and you feel you should have acted differently. If you look back, those were emerging from a suffering state, mm-hmm. a stressful state. And a stressful state, not only the actions that you make in the stressful state is not conducive, it's not going to help you. There is no intelligence in that action. Your thinking is repetitive. Mm-hmm. You're not able to absorb the entire situation, take the entire situation into consideration and then act. But in fact, you are just re- reacting to life. And from that reaction, you cause further problems and further division. Right. So I know that your book, The Four Sacred Secrets, is about precisely that. So what are the, what are the sacred secrets? The first sacred secret is holding a spiritual vision for your inner state. And this sacred secret allows you to define or redefine your purpose in life and get you the balance between the outer and the inner experience of life. There is a disjoint between the attention we give to our outer life and our inner life. It is important that we bring, we integrate both together so Mm -hmm. that we are creating a great destiny and we are creating a more peaceful and loving and joyful world. Can you give us an example of sort of a concrete example of where that might happen, like in a daily way of the inside and the outside not being integrated? Yeah, we believe, say, we want to we want to achieve in life. Mm -hmm. We want to achieve a lot in life. What is the state from which you want to create your achievement? Are you wanting to be a stressful achiever Mm. or are you want to be a fulfilled and relaxed achiever? 
right to believe that only a state of stress will achieve will make you achieve is a wrong belief is a wrong assumption mm. if you look at a very successful business leader a very successful business leader is able to make wise decisions mm-hmm. a very wise quick decision yes so if you have to make quick and wise decision you need to be an individual who's free of inner conflict right you need to be a fearless person who does not succumb to pressures in life mm-hmm. so you need to be a person who's able to be an effortless team player that means an individual who's able to connect to people and connect to life mm. so we do separate business from our inner state that has been a way of living but to be that extraordinary leader to be that extraordinary business leader you need to have an inner state an inner state that is conducive for you to make those decisions have a clear vision have a clear purpose right If we look at our lives whenever we move into a stressful state we separate ourselves whether we're fighting in whether there is so much of anger that you are feeling do we fight if we are even if you're fighting for some injustice that has happened to you or someone else if you bring attention to yourself in that moment of suffering you would see that you are totally disconnected from everybody else around you mm. a state where you feel separate where you feel lonely where you feel alienated any suffering state any suffering state that is happening in your consciousness makes you feel disconnected from people disconnected from life mm. it could be anger it could be hurt it could be fear but a suffering state disconnects you that makes so much sense <laughs> <laughs> and i think we are socially programmed to believe that success for example only comes with a certain amount of stress and resilience and pain maybe yeah. i'm a, i don't Actually, think i'm alone in that actually if you look at a suffering state uh, uh, i mean there are pressures there are problems there are challenges every species faces it mm-hmm. it's not only us but we are very special in terms of continuing the external pressure inward and then brooding over it mm-hmm. that we call as suffering right so there are challenges that is different but we continue it with an inner dialogue and if you look at the exact nature of suffering it does not help anybody right it disconnects people right it robs you of your intelligence you are not being present to life mm-hmm. you probably have the most wonderful beautiful child sitting next to you smiling at you but you are so lost in yourself in a suffering state right it is important it living in a beautiful state is not a luxury it is important that we nurture this culture of living in a beautiful state so we are being present to people present to life present to your child present to your partner mm-hmm. and that is very essential for creating a beautiful family very essential for creating a successful life very essential for creating a beautiful planet so what is the second secret because that seems like it's everything <laughs> the second secret is following the first secret that Every time you move into a stressful state you walk out of those stressful states mm. with observing your inner truth here is the tricky part since we do not know how to observe ourselves there are tools there are meditations there are practices that we lead you through the book uh, which will help you step out of the stressful states as and when they occur 
just a li little bit of data for you. Like we have around 15,000 to 60,000 um, thoughts a day. Every uh, human being has around this many thoughts. It's a lot of thinking. 80%, 80 to 85% of this thinking is old. And out of the 85%, 65% or close to 70% is negative in nature. Wow. So that means we are actually having old, repetitive, habitual thinking. Mm. That's the, totally negative. That is totally negative. That means that means you're experiencing the same life, the same staleness in our relationship, staleness in at our work, because the inner experience is old. And the responses that come from this state is also habitual and mechanical rep resp responses. Mm. So it is important that we nurture an ability or a power to look at our truth, to bring attention to the truth of our inner state and step out of it. And it can be a little difficult for those first-time practitioners, but those it is a practice. So the more you do it, the easier it is for you to actually recognize your inner truth and step out of the stressful states. Right. No, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before, just, and we talk about it a lot on the podcast, but that emotional, like really being present to know what it is that you're feeling. Like, is it dread? Is it pain, anger? Like, I don't know that we're very good at. Yeah, absolutely. Because you might be thinking that you are uh, unhappy with your wife. You might be thinking that you're unhappy with your spouse because the other person has behaved so bad and this mm -hmm. and that. But for those who do this practice more and more and are able to bring attention to their inner state, they have probably discovered that they're actually so much jealous of the other. Mm. So, but it takes time. It takes time to recognize the exact emotion that is arising within you. Once you recognize that emotion, does it is it the idea that it just becomes that much easier to know what you're working with and to release it? Is that sort of the power of it? Once you recognize the emotion, you are not brewing it. You're not allowing to allowing it to grow in your consciousness, allowing mm -hmm. it to become a monster. Mm -hmm. Because if it becomes a monster, it is what is going to drive your life. Got it. And the more you're cogitating around it, the bigger, the more fuel you're giving it. Let me give you an example. It, say uh, we have processes in the courses in the academy where you're freed of all, all, all the experiences that has been hurting you, the pain that you've been suffering, all that is leading you towards separation, you're cleaned. And then you have a beautiful garden, a beautiful garden in your consciousness. And there are weeds that is going to come up. And when you do this practice, it is like actually weeding out those new weeds, mm -hmm. not allowing you, allowing it to spread in your consciousness, but you're bringing attention to it and you're able to dissolve it by bringing attention to it. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. 
If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Just a second, we're taking a quick break. I believe that jewelry stores energy and emotion, and that certain pieces of jewelry can carry subtle messages with them. I think about this with diamonds, which are, of course, such a symbol themselves in our culture. At the end of the day, natural diamonds are really gemstones that nature has been creating and forming and shaping for billions of years. They are inherently rare and finite, and in their DNA is a pretty incredible history of the earth, which is one reason why it's important that they're recovered responsibly from the earth. When you hold a natural diamond, you're essentially holding a wonder of nature in your hand. And I like that diamonds become more valuable and meaningful over time. They're durable and they never lose their brilliance, which is not the case with most things in life, right? I think this is all part of what makes a diamond a compelling gift to give yourself. Whether that's to celebrate a life milestone, like a birthday or a new baby, or to mark the beginning of a new job or relationship or the end of a significant project, or you know, just because. To learn more about natural diamonds, visit realisadiamond.com. Regardless of the occasion, I'll be happier if I'm in sneakers. Weirdly, this is a lesson that took me a while to learn. Comfort is the most important factor, especially in a shoe, which is probably the main reason we like Allbirds sneakers. They are insanely comfortable and really lightweight. They have a streamlined design, come in a lot of different colors and silhouettes, and go with everything. For all the sustainability enthusiasts out there, Allbirds are made with materials like ZQ certified merino wool, FSC certified eucalyptus fibers, and carbon negative green EVA foam. For everyone else, what that means is Allbirds cares about the environment, and they make shoes that are really versatile, style-wise and otherwise. Their wool runners are great for long days on your feet, and the tree breezers are the kind of flats that you'd wear straight from work to drinks. To get your own pair of Allbirds, or a pair for your kids too, check out allbirds.com. Okay, let's hear more from Preetiji. All right, the third secret. The third secret is the ability to connect to the universal intelligence that is pervasive. We've always used strategies and hacks to address situations in life. By journeying through the third sacred secret, you have the power to access the universal intelligence. What we have learned so far is probably positive thinking, probably mm-hmm. ask the right thing, or probably to cultivate uh, or positive imagination. And the positive thinking or positive visualization or just asking the universe is what we have been taught. But you need a state that is conducive for you to manifest what you're really asking for. Mm -hmm. A state of connection. The more you feel connected to the universe, the more you feel expanded in your consciousness, the more you move away from disconnection and separation. Mm -hmm. In that state of connection, you would be able to manifest what you truly want in your life. And it is not positive thinking. It is not... um, just visualization, but it is a state of connection with the entire universe that allows you to manifest what you want. 
in that process of connecting to the universe, does that help you even distill what you want? Because I have this conversation with friends all the time where it's like, what do you even... How, Absolutely. How can we know what we want? There is this, there is this question that comes up. I, do, I really don't know what I want or I really mm -hmm. don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm yeah. very unclear. And what the world has taught us is pick up something that fascinates you or pick up something... Uh, that you're good at and continue doing it and that becomes your purpose and meaning in life. Yeah. I'm sure Mahatma Gandhi or Einstein did not use any of those two methods. <laughs> If you look at Gandhi's life, he had an experience in South Africa, a painful experience. In that experience, he felt, he felt very connected. From that pain, he moved away from pain and then he felt connected to the people of India. He was able to feel the suffering in the people of India and decided to do what he wanted to do so that he can free them mm -hmm. from that suffering. So if you look at what happened in Gandhi's life, it is not like I am going to be the father of this nation. I am going to be a leader. No, mm -hmm. he never started there. He started from a place of deep connection. Mm -hmm. When you come from a place of deep connection, feeling connected to people, feeling connected to life, then a purpose is an emergence. Mm. It is not something that is contrived, but from that place of connection, purpose emerges in your life and you feel and you know very clearly what you need to do in life. Do you think that we all have Gandhi potential or is every person sort of have their prescribed, like what's possible? Yes, everyone has their prescribed what is possible right. and it depends on what the vision i mean how much how much you want to alleviate suffering or the pain or the problem or how much you want to add value to things or how to how much you want to make the society better depends on that life will carry you right i think we can all be gandhi no i'm kidding and what's the next secret The fourth sacred secret is giving a blueprint to cut through the dilemmas of life. Mm. If you look at if you look at our life, we are always faced with this question: Should I say yes or a no to this particular situation? Should I give in or should I resist? Should I uh, push or pull? Should I uh, work hard or relax? Should I separate or be together? Should I be in this place or the other place? It is an ongoing dilemma of mm. our lives. So far, what we, how we act is either we are driven by our states of stress and suffering from anger, from fear, from loneliness, we act, or we are driven by uh, an ideal uh, with a set of, the society prescribes to us a set of rules and codes to follow and we are driven by that ideal and we respond from that place. In the fourth sacred secret, you will learn the art of responding to life from a beautiful state. Mm -hmm. When you respond to life not from a place of suffering, not but dissolve it, experience a beautiful state and respond. You respond to life taking into consideration the well-being of yourself as well as the well-being of the other. And you respond to life not driven by an ideal, mm -hmm. but from a place of connection. So in the you're practicing sort of your newfound mastery at in this at this point. Absolutely. You you learn the art of living in a beautiful state and you respond to life from a beautiful state. And that response will have immense power in terms the decisions they're making is not clouded by doubt. Mm -hmm. You know what you're doing. It comes from a place of connection. 
you'd perfectly do what is needed for that situation because it doesn't come from a place of brooding or haste you have the intelligence to take into consideration the entire situation to be present to life mm-hmm. actually this this whole thing of being present to life is spoken a lot but what is making you absent to life is a suffering state so how can how can you know what you're saying is resonant with me on a personal no as i'm sure it is to everyone since i'm assuming most of us vacillate between the two states how can you know how do you know when you're not in a beautiful state is it like even the fact that you don't know you're in a beautiful state like how do you how, what are the checks like what are the guardrails any state of inner disturbance mm-hmm. it is time to bring attention within yourself any state of inner disturbance it is it is like like you're you're being the cobra feeling very uncomfortable within your own skin mm. the state of suffering is hurting you it is it is feeling it is feeling over here this disturbance is felt in your in your heart and it is time to bring attention to your state not allowing it to grow is so very important not only for you for your loved ones for your children because the states that you're experiencing is passed on epigenetically mm-hmm. you are like the antennas for your children they experience right. not as you being a role model but they'd experience the environment through you especially when you have young children yeah no i know that's terrifying what speaking of children do you feel like to suffer is part of our like soul's work here that we have to work through we have to do the work of getting through the suffering state to the beautiful state or where does it come from like is it essential or is it some weird extraneous way we've decided to be yeah it's it's a weird assumption <laughs> because if you look at the workings of your mind in a suffering state a suffering state does not help anyone mm-hmm. so what good can come out of a suffering state well those moments of like for gandhi a suffering state birth his but purpose, he moved right? into connection as if he continued in that suffering state see challenges are different right suffering state is where the challenges continue within yourself and the inner dialogue continues suppose gandhi had this external challenge he could have decided that let me swallow the humiliation and let me continue with life right or he could have said that okay let me take this person let me become revengeful about this person let me teach him a lesson but gandhi did not do either of the two what he did was dissolved his suffering and connected to the pain so gandhi emerged by connecting to the people suffering and wanting to make a difference right in their lives suffering state if you look deeply within it is a state in which your thinking is going in rounds mm-hmm. a state of fear or state of anger it is a state in which you feel separate mm-hmm. you feel disconnected a state does not give you intelligence because it is just old and mechanical and you're performing those actions because you've performed it so many times you're thinking it you're moving into those states because you have been in that state so many times it has become your baseline state you're getting back into feeling lonely you're getting back into feeling sad even sometimes when the situation needs it sometimes even when the situation is not conducive for that state you get back into feeling it because that has become The wait is over. That's right. Season 5 of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster. They're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So, 
get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. From your home. Just a second, we're taking a quick break. We started this podcast because we wanted another way to share ideas, tips, and knowledge from experts and leaders across diverse fields and backgrounds and ways of thinking. The content team at Goop spends their day asking questions. We talk to mediums and intuitives, healers and nutritionists, scientists and journalists. At our edit meeting, we swap hotel recs, doctor recs, babysitter recs, and of course, food recs. After a long debate over what goes into the ideal protein bar, Someone on the team tipped me off to Think High Protein Bars. They're made with 20 grams of protein, zero grams of sugar, and no artificial flavors or GMOs. Think has a bunch of different flavor options, but I'll give you some highlights. Their brownie crunch bar tastes like the rich chocolate brownie you'd want, and the creamy peanut butter bar tastes like a scoop of creamy peanut butter sandwiched in chocolate. But it's one of those things you have to try for yourself. Think's motto is, I think I can. They believe that with the right energy and nutrition, we can do pretty much anything we put our minds to, which is a pretty good mindset to try out. And to test out Think's high-protein bars, for starters, go to thinkproducts.com. Enter code GOOP25, and you'll get 25% off your order. That's thinkproducts.com, and use code GOOP25 for 25% off. This one expires on October 21st, 2019. Okay, let's hear more from Preetiji. The recognition of the suffering state, is that something that you experience in your mind or your body or? You can start off with your mind, begin to experience, and then you would see you moving deeper into your heart. Got it. And that, because that's really where it's, the where you're perturbed. Yeah. And you feel it. You feel it over here. Right. Yes. A state of disturbance, a state of anxiety, a state of fear, a state of hate. You feel it right here. And that state is not good for you. It's not good for your health. It is not good for your relationships. It is not good for your career. Mm-hmm. It is not good for anything. In, your, in the span of this work for you and in your career, do you feel, and sort of what you observe on a global level, do you feel like we are making positive progress and people are coming alive to this sort of work? Or do you feel like things are moving towards Actually, a cliff? Actually, what I feel across my travel around the globe is people are wanting to make a difference in their lives. Mm -hmm. More and more wanting to change the way they're experiencing life. It it has been something that I'm seeing across every country. It is not like, this is not for me. It is like, please give it to me. I need it. I need it. I can't, and I don't want to live life this way. Yeah, like it feels like there's this emerging... Two extremes. Two extremes. And that you have sort of this emerging fascism that almost seems like a response to people saying, I don't really want to live like this anymore. I think the levels of stress and anxiety has built over a period of time. Mm -hmm. And right now it it is, there is this data which shows that 30% of Americans over a period, 45 years of age are living in chronic loneliness. Mm -hmm. That seems low. 
<laughs> that's what i that's yeah. what i mean i'm sharing this data and then another person will say it's it feels very low yeah and the suicide rates have increased yeah and by 30% since 1999 it is a lot of stress that is building not knowing how to access this inner world not knowing what to do with this inner world we are kind of kind of complicating our lives mm-hmm. and right now it has come to a place that i can't do this anymore yeah it is difficult totally so i know throughout the book there are sort of these short meditations and exercises to get back i guess they're for different purposes right yes. like some are calming some are to identify what's happening yeah. do you have a favorite one or one that you think is the most useful the serene mind practice is extremely useful for everyone because anyone who moves into the state of inner disturbance it is important that you bring attention to that inner disturbance so that the disturbance does not continue mm-hmm. for yourself and the disturbance does not continue for the life outside of you so this serene mind practice involves you bringing attention to your breath and then you bringing attention to your emotion this part is difficult but as you do it more and more you'd be able to see that you are able to identify the exact emotion and then you also observe your mind where you see the movement of your mind say you're experiencing hurt or feeling sad where observe the movement of your mind where is it going to are you obsessing about one particular event that has happened over a over the last week or the last year or decades ago or are you moving back to future suppose you're experiencing anxiety are you obsessing about a future so observe the movement of your mind do not try to change anything because the more you try to change more monstrous it becomes right so you're just going to witness and observe without trying to change anything interesting and then you bring attention you see a light move from the middle of your forehead to the middle of your brain mm-hmm. it is the medial prefrontal cortex an area that is responsible for connection right now we have an overactivated amygdala where we feel experience anger fear and hurt and anxiety all the time it is important that we nurture yet another part of our brain by doing this practice and seeing the our visualizing the light in the middle of your brain you're going to see you're going to activate that region of your brain and feel more connected to life so i think we should do the exercise but for people who are driving do it later as someone i've meditated with you now and one other practice just in general that i think is so useful and maybe this is common but it's the idea that you count your breaths with your fingers So you hold your thumb to your second finger for one breath and your middle finger and then yeah. your ring finger and then your pinky and then you repeat. That is a part of the soul sync practice. Soul sync practice leads you into place of feeling or expanded beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. It leaves a nice beautiful window of calming your body and then leaving you feeling connected and expanded. And at the, in that space of expansion you, you can also hold something that you want to manifest in your life a sacred intention and see it and feel it manifest in your life so that is everyday practice and this practice the serene mind practice is a practice for you to move into and observe yourself every time you experience an inner disturbance which is quite frequently i'm sure 
Thanks for listening to my chat with Preeti G. In just a second, she's going to take us through a meditation, so stick around. If you're driving, you can hit pause and come back to this later. And then for more, you can check out her book, The Four Sacred Secrets, and you can learn more about her teachings and workshops at pkconsciousness.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-N-E-S-S. Okay, let's get to that meditation. So bring attention to your breath. Inhale and exhale deep and slow. Identify the exact emotion that is arising within you. Is it anxiety, irritation, anger, loneliness, sadness? Or is it calm, joy? peace, love and connection. Do not try to change it. Just observe. As this emotion is arising within you, observe the movement of your mind. Are you obsessed over your past? Or are you obsessed about your future? Do not try to change anything. Just observe the movement of your mind. As this emotion is arising within you, are you engrossed with yourself or are you feeling connected?
Now see a light move from the middle of your forehead to the middle of your brain. And see this light grow in, glow in darkness. And see this light glow in darkness. Bring a gentle smile to your face. Open your eyes whenever you're ready. That's it for today's episode. If you have a chance, please rate and review. Hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes and pass it along to a friend who might need to listen. Thanks again for joining. I hope you'll come back this Thursday for more. And in the meantime, you can check out goop.com slash the podcast for more.